Good morning. You sound great, by the way. Thanks, Dave and uh, Orlando and all of our singers and all you singers. Um, welcome. Glad that you are here. Uh, no Bible hour today. Okay? We're all together this morning. I asked Angie during the week, do you think it'd be okay if we just kept the kids in worship service? She's like, I don't know. You know, sometimes we need to just be together. And I thought today would be a good day to be together. So I'm, I'm apologizing to you young families, but don't worry about it, okay? Um, we're glad you're here. We're glad you got your kids here. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're with us as well. And it looks like we have all pretty well survived Thanksgiving. <laughs> pretty much. I got to tell you, it was touch and go at my house for a while. A lot of food, a lot of leftovers, but we muscled through it. And we survived. I, I did see a, a prayer for uh, a, a Thanksgiving prayer that I thought some of you might be able to use today. Here's how it goes. May your stuffing be tasty. May your turkey be plump. May your potatoes and gravy have nary a lump. May your yams be delicious, may your pies take the prize, and may your Thanksgiving dinner stay off of your thighs. <laughs> yeah. I heard that the, uh, the average American gains seven pounds during the holidays. It's good to know that I'm above average in some things at least, right? <laughs> but isn't it amazing how somehow Thanksgiving has kind of morphed into more about food and family and football, and not quite as much about actually giving thanks, right? I mean, it was, the day was originally meant to be an observance of the good things that God has blessed us with. And somehow we, we've sort of missed that. And I know that Thursday has come and gone, but I'm going to try to extend the season a little bit this morning. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Thanksgiving in our need to be gracious and grateful for what God has done for us. And maybe you heard the story about a very wealthy man, a father, who wanted to kind of show his son just how wealthy he was and even how the other half lived. So he set up a trip to go spend a couple days on a farm with a family that he considered to be a poor family. And the whole purpose of the trip was he wanted to show his son how poor people lived and how fortunate he was to have a dad who provided all these wonderful things for him. After a few days on this poor farm, they're traveling back to the city and the father asks his son, so how'd you like the trip? He said, it was great, dad. Did you see how poor people lived? He said, I, I sure did. He said, well, what, what kind of stood out about the trip to you? And he said, well, we have one dog, they have four. We have a pool that goes halfway back in our backyard. They have a stream that runs all the way through their property. Our property goes to the street, theirs goes to the horizon. We have all those weird lights on our patio. They have stars that they can go out and watch every night. We buy our food, they grow their food. We have servants that serve us, they serve each other. We have a wall around our property to keep us safe. They've got neighbors that look out for each other to keep them safe. Yeah, Dad, 
thanks for showing me just how poor we really are. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get confused about what we should even be thankful for, right? But as followers of Jesus, shouldn't we be the most grateful people on the face of the earth? No one should be giving thanks like Christians, right? And as I talked about last week, that's how we see ourselves. We give ourselves credit for being very thankful people because that's our intentions. But just how thankful are we, really? Because it seems like unthankfulness and, and ungratitude is most people's jerk reaction. And it takes a little bit of effort to really be thankful. We got so much to be thankful for. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about thankfulness. I want to talk about maybe why we're not as thankful as we should be. And by the way, this isn't some 21st century phenomenon. You know, we didn't create this culture of not being thankful. It's, it's been going on for a long, long time. You remember, all the way back to the Exodus, God's people have been slaves in Egypt for centuries. And finally, God decides to, to uh, tell Moses to set them free. And those Israelites, they, they see the ten plagues. They witness the Red Sea being parted. They walk through on dry land. They see Pharaoh's army be destroyed in the water. They see miracle after miracle after miracle. They're on their way to the promised land. Oppression, slavery in the rearview mirror. Do you remember how long it was before they started complaining? One month. They went one month before they started complaining to God. We don't like it here in the wilderness. There's not enough to eat. We missed the good food back in Egypt. Why did we follow Moses or God or whoever it is we're following out here in the wilderness? We should go back. One month. And they're complaining, ungrateful heart is revealed. And maybe that's the trouble with, you know, all the blessings that we have. We are so blessed on such a regular basis that, that we sort of start taking them for granted, don't we? And we feel like we're somehow entitled to all the blessings that we have been given. We don't find ourselves being very appreciative. And I know I've shared this quote before, but I love the quote from Emerson where he says, if the stars only came out one night a year, the whole world would stay up that night to see them shine. Now, all too often, God never hears from us unless it's to complain about what we feel like we deserve. There are some people who start their day by saying, good morning, Lord, but most start with, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> and I've got to ask ourselves, are we developing a negative, complaining spirit? Or are we developing the kind of spirit that Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where he says, always be joyful. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul said, no matter what happens in your life, you need to be thankful. And some of you probably think, that can't be done. That's not possible to be thankful no matter what's going on in my life. But this morning, I'm going to try to prove you wrong. Okay? 
I want to share with you some things that your soul can be thankful for. And to do it, I want to go back to the Old Testament. And I want to look at a passage that was written by my very favorite poet of all time, uh, David, in Psalm chapter 103. Here's what David writes. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems you from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the, like the eagles. David begins this psalm by sort of talking to himself. And he reminds himself to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to his soul. You need to praise the Lord. I need to praise the Lord in my inmost being. Praise the Lord. That's important. Why is it important? It's important because what we remember, we value. Those of you who are a little bit older parents, you might remember times in in raising your kids where you told them, you know, when I get home from work, I want your rooms to be clean. And then you come home from work and their room hasn't been touched and you ask them why and their response is always the same. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. But if you ever tell your kids, if you clean up your room, when I get home, we'll go get pizza at Chuck E. Cheese. Who's meeting your car when you drive in the driveway? Your kids, right? Come look at the room. We clean up the room. They're ready to go, right? Yeah, why? Because what we remember reveals what we value. So David reminds himself of all the things that God has done for him. Why is that important? It's important because thanksgiving is good for the soul. It's just good for our soul to remember all the things that God has done for us. Okay, so what's God done for us? Let's stay right here in the psalm. First, David says, he forgives all your sins. You know why you need to be thankful and you need to praise God? He forgives all your sins. And this is another case of, well, it's done so often that I don't really appreciate it. I mean, that's what God does, right? Of course he forgives sins. He's God. He kind of has to forgive sins, right? No. He does not have to forgive sins. Uh, Think about this. What if God decided one day, I'm going to take a vacation from forgiving sins. I'm going to take a month off. I mean, imagine that. If God just said, all I do is forgive, 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 and all you do is sin, sin, sin. You've taken 30 days off. So you better not sin in the next month, and you surely better not die in the next month. You ever feel that way? Don't you get tired of the same people giving you the same apologies for the same situations? Listen, God never gets tired of forgiving sins. He never gets weary of forgiving us. That's God's nature. Don't let your soul forget that. God doesn't take a month off. He doesn't take a day off. That's why David would say in this same psalm, verses 10 through 12, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, you think about what David just said more than you realize. At least I'm pretty sure you do. Because pretty often we sing a song here and we talk about our sin and we talk about forgiveness. And we sing, uh, we start by kind of talking to ourselves just like David did. My sin. My sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. And then we think about our sin. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. And when we get to that part, we can't help ourselves. We just kind of explode in praise, saying, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Remember singing that song? This morning, I want to sing that verse of that song, but I want to do it with you thinking of that progression. I want you to think about your sin. This glorious thought, my sin, not in part, the whole is nailed to the cross, I bear it no more. And this morning, I'm going to give you permission. This is going to freak some of you out. But I'm going to give you permission to lift your hands in praise when we say, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Let's sing that song. My sin, oh all your sins and then David says here's another reason to be thankful to God he heals all your diseases he heals all your diseases and some of you are thinking right now no he doesn't he doesn't heal my disease but I'm going to give you a sixth grade English lesson here what is the antecedent of your in that sentence in the, in the, in the passage it's soul What David is saying is, he heals all your soul's diseases. David is not saying he heals all your physical diseases, although David knows God is certainly capable of that. What David is saying is, he heals all of your soul's diseases. He's talking here about a a sickness of the spirit. He's saying that God not only has the ability, but he also has the desire. He has the will to take away all the hate and all the anger, and all the guilt, and all the the bitterness. 
all those other diseases of the soul. You need to be reminded of a reason to be thankful this morning. God heals your soul's diseases. You know what? We sing about that sometimes too. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. How often have we sung that song? And we sing it so often that we fail to remember and appreciate God is healing those diseases of my inmost being. Those measures of the heart. That's just good for our soul to remind ourselves of that. Let's sing that. There's not a friend like the Lord Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will die till the day is done. There's not a friend like the Lord Jesus. No. not done with his list. He reminds himself that God redeems his life from the pit. Now in the Old Testament, uh, the pit that David's referring to is corruption, decay, the grave. He's referring to the salvation of your soul. He, he, he uses the word redeemed, a slave language. I was in bondage. You purchased my soul. You redeemed me. You set me free. He's talking about salvation. Peter's going to use the same imagery in the New Testament when Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He's talking about the salvation of our souls. You need to give thanks to God that you have been redeemed from the pit. And for some of you, that's a fairly recent occurrence. Some of you don't have to think back too long before you remember when God redeemed you from the pit. For some of us, that happened a long time ago. And sometimes it's possible for, for some people to, to, to not think about their salvation or think of it more as a point of doctrine than a reason to thank God. That's why, like David, we need sometimes to pray and we need to sing, restore the joy of my salvation. Because listen, Satan cannot steal your salvation. He cannot steal your salvation. But what he does pretty well is sometimes steal the joy of our salvation. That's why we need to remember that God has redeemed us. That's why we get around the table every day, every Sunday. That's why we, we meet and we remember what Christ has done. Let's sing that. Amen. 
praise God? You want another reason to be thankful? He has crowned you with love and compassion. Here's the thing about God. When He redeemed you, He didn't put you on probation. He didn't demand a trial period to see if you really deserved it, if you were really worthy. He crowns you with love and compassion. Later in this same psalm, David would write, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Anyone here ever been treated better than you deserve by your father? Now, some of you might have not have grown up with, with a loving father in your life. I did. And there were a lot of times when my father treated me better than I deserved. I know there were times when I caused my father some anxious moments. And there were times when I, I know I disappointed my father. There were times when I know I did some things that cost my dad some money. And I did some things that cost my dad a lot of extra work. And I know I did some things that cost him some embarrassment. But I never doubted his love. He treated me better than I deserved. And I always knew if I really needed him, no matter where I was and really no matter what I did, Dad would come. He treated me better than I deserved. He crowned me with love and compassion. David said, that's what God does all the time. That's our God. He knows how we're formed. He remembers we're dust. God knows we want to be better than we are. David said, listen, we can understand a father's love, right? But no earthly father knows his children like God knows us. And no earthly father loves his children like God loves us. Yeah, I had a great dad. Most of you knew him. He was not perfect. God is. God is perfect. His love is perfect. He treats us far better than we deserve. He surrounds us with unbelievable, unconditional, boundless love. It's who we are. Let's sing it. Boundless love,
And then finally David says, he satisfies my desires with good things. In fact, what David says in that passage is, he satisfies my desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In other words, growing old is inevitable. We're all growing old. Growing tired and weary in your spirit, in your soul, that's optional. You know, the Bible never promises that God's going to give us everything we want. That's, that promise is not found in Scripture. What God does promise is He's going to give us everything we need so that our spirit stays young. I think that's what Paul's talking about when he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Don't you love to be around people who never give up? Now, growing old, that's, that's not an option. We're all getting older. Growing bitter in your spirit, growing tired in your soul, we have a choice about that. And let me tell you something about those people who refuse to grow old in their soul, who refuse to grow bitter. They don't get that way by being thanks holders. They get that way by being thanks givers. They understand what Paul goes on to say just a few verses later. For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see soon will be over, but the joys to come will last forever. Thankful people don't focus on troubles that we realize are temporary. We focus on a God who satisfies, who satisfies our desires with good things, a God who gives, a God who promises the God who protects, the God who surrounds. You want to know a reason to be thankful to God? You want to know a reason for your soul to sing praises to God? Because we are surrounded, we are protected by a loving God. Let's sing that. As the
You know, I know Thanksgiving's over. Thursday, we thought a little bit about all we have. Friday, we thought about all we want. But this morning, I hope that we've at least reminded our soul what we have to be thankful for. For a God that forgives our sins, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our lives from the pit, who crowns us with love and compassion, who satisfies us with good things. I wonder how much would have to be withheld from us before we started to realize how much has been given to us. A blind boy sat on the steps of a building with a hat beside him and a sign leaning up against the wall that said, I'm blind, please help. There were just a few coins in the hat. Gentleman walked by and reached in his pocket and threw a few more coins in and then saw his sign. He, he picked it up and turned it over took a pen out of his pocket and wrote something new on the sign and put it down beside the boy. Pretty soon the hat began to fill up. People started giving more money to this little boy. The same man came back a few hours later and the hat was overflowing with money. The little boy recognized his footsteps and said, are you the man who stopped here this morning and changed my sign? He said, I am. He said, well, what did you change it to? What did you say? He said, I just told the truth. I said the same thing you said, just in a different way. Well, what did you write? He said, I wrote this. Today is a beautiful day, but I can't see it. Both signs said exactly the same thing. Both signs said this boy is blind, but that second sign caused everyone to realize how much they've been blessed. And all those blessings that we just take for granted. And we need to be aware of and we need to be thankful for all those little things because one day we're going to realize the little things are the big things. William Arthur Ward said, gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings. It can turn routine jobs into joys. And it can change ordinary opportunities into blessings. David put it this way in Psalm 69, I will honor God with thanksgiving. David knew some things about honoring the God that he served. And he knew one of the ways that I'm going to honor God is with thanksgiving. So this morning I hope that we're reminded, I hope our souls are reminded that we're going to worship God. And we're going to praise God. And we're going to honor God. That's why we're here. And one way we do that is by saying, thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you, God, for all that you're going to do because you're a God who keeps his promises. Thank you, God. We're going to sing one more song. We're going to use it as a song of encouragement. If something's going on in your life that we can pray with you, meet us down front, but Dave's going to lead us in, in one more song, singing about what we've talked about. Let's go ahead and be standing.